Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. What up, everybody? Welcome to the OKS Hunter Podcast. Coming at you from the OKS Hunter Podcast studio. Brought to you by Spartan Forge, our premier sponsor. Premier? Yeah, I guess they're presenting this whole they're thing. They're numero uno. They they're are the big dog. They're the big dog in town. They're the swinging dog in town. I'm mm-hmm. replacing the dog word with a different word. Right. <laughs> swinging dog, swinging past your knees playoff. That's yeah. right. Uh... Yeah, and otherwise, you know, I think we did some posts this, together this morning. We were both drinking the same coffee backwards yeah, grind. Yeah, we were grinding this morning. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you like that stuff? I do. It's not bad at all. I, I, it's, it's got a little bit of a different taste. It's got some grit to it. Yeah. That's how I, I would yeah. describe it. I like it. So last night, I, I make my coffee. I got the, my wife got me the nice programmable coffee maker. That's oh, nice. Yep. The night before. Yep. There you go. I got that nice coffee five, smell. 5 a.m., I can smell the coffee brewing. I just, you know, it's like the George Foreman with the bacon. Michael Scott, you get the bacon, so you wake up to the smell of bacon. Uh, but I, I just looked over at the backwoods that you slid over by. I was like, you know what? Tomorrow morning. There you go. We're going backwards. Back back. You have the camp house. I got the sunrise. The sunrise is a little bit lighter roast. Gotcha. I so like to, I like 25% on uh, Spartan Forge. Use code OHP. Their journal feature is great. Um, the heifer buck that I posted this morning from Shirk's Guide Service. Mm-hmm. I thought was pre- I threw you into that whole mix. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Always remember to forget something so you can go back for a donut. And I tell you, the buck that they shared, that, that deer ain't never forgot a donut. No, and I'm the chump that doubles down on the and, and if you use their journal app, you'll never forget where you saw that buck and which trail cam it was. It's pretty, I, I think you mentioned you were going to maybe start to test it out a little the bit. Journaling, the journaling. You seem like a journaling do, type. Because I got out last week. Little school girl. a new piece. Well, I mean, if I showed you my map right now on Spartan Forge and my pins. It's littered. You would think I'm an absolute flipping nut. But I should be writing more with these. I make little notes on them, but like I should. I do the same. I I just start pinning stuff, and then and then if you don't journal it, you look at it and go, 
what the hell was what there? What the heck was that pin? Then I started so, looking at the date I dropped it. Why would I drop yeah, well, it? Yeah. So then you're trying to remember, and then you're flipping through all your photos from way back when you're going, <laughs> I did take up. pictures there. I Only think. there was a line to record. Right. I thought I saw right. that thing. Oh, there is. Yeah, there yeah. is. How about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I think I shared some Drop Time Spirits vodka with you guys. Mm -hmm. I put some of my bloody over the weekend and whatever. It's your bloody. It's all drawn up by tomato. But it's just good. It it's good. not a cheap vodka by any stretch. It ain't like Fleshman's, you know. Yeah. I don't <laughs> well, know if I put it. like Fleshman's. <laughs> I'm not sure if I put the camera. lighter with that thing and lighter cigars. But with Tito's is good, though, better. too. Oh, but I, I think Drop Time's probably not far off from no, that caliber of vodka. I like that one a lot. It's a corn. I don't like vodka very much, but I... Yeah. Nice. Anyway, so I don't usually promote the bourbon, and and that's because it's basically I just like the brown water stuff. I'm drinking Woodford Reserve tonight, for the record, everybody. As a gift I got for dressing up as Santa over the weekend. Santa deserves a little. Damn right. <laughs> freaking hard. I, I was a very awkward Santa. I, I'm good with my kids. Like it's different with other, other kids. kids. And I'm like my glasses are fogging up. I'm like covered in this white, weird, you know, fake hair. I have a pillow up my Sure. Like, it was all just a little weird for me, uh, but it was fine. The were kids you were sweaty, happy. buddy? Oh, it was hot in that suit too, yeah. for sure. Did you have? Like, did like, you have little yeah. kids crying? No, you they didn't. Cry? They didn't cry. They were afraid of me. You were doing your job. Then. They were like, "No, I don't want to go by him." <laughs> I was like, "I don't blame you, kid. I don't want to go by me either." <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Otherwise, I don't know what else is new, guys. You guys still hunting or what? I uh, reluctantly, I am done deer hunting. Two more weeks before I go under the knife, so I gotta take it easy. I was just complaining and whining about I still need more deer. I told a couple buddies I got a new meat grinder, and I was like, we're gonna have a burger night one night where we just bring. I still we did. We did. Their, we did say that. I remember seeing I that in a group chat. Because we'll do a we'll do a burger night. We'll come down and grind some meat, and have a couple beers, talk stories. Mm -hmm. Well, I need some more burger meat, so it's Andrew's holiday hunt coming up. With the rifle, so maybe we'll see if we can make that happen. And I still got my eyes on the prize. Mm -hmm. I just don't know where the hell Buck is. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You got. You so have a lot. My eyes are well, not we're, getting, we're at that time of year where it is very difficult to find a buck, and there's no snow, which makes it no. It's harder. even harder. And there's no food. <laughs> there's been, food, but there's you. You got to look at it this way: that the food source has changed, but it's still in the same area because we don't have. We don't have the snow covering it up, but they're still nipping dogwood. They're still finding other grasses and things that they'll want to eat. And they're they're hitting the the crop fields that are cut and finding waste corn and waste beans and maybe some beans that are still on the edge, but that's not going to last very long. So they're going to hit it for the next week or two, and then it'll be done. But they're hitting those crop fields late at night. They're still... In that pattern of unless we get a really good cold snap, cold there's, no, it, snow, no, there's no reason for there's no move. reason for them to move. So they're they're feeding off the dogwood, and I mean, even during gun season, I was finding dogwood that was all nipped off. So it's tough. It's well, a I tough time of year. I got a little bit of hope from from our guest tonight because. You got one last night, so let's bring him in. We're going to bring our guest in, and for the record, for anybody watching this live, I know there's going to be a lot of people listening in podcast land, but if you're watching, I got a goofy camera problem happening because the audio, so just deal with looking at my face while you're looking at all of us. It's just, I don't know how to fix it right now. So hopefully we get that figured out. But Josh Osborne, welcome to the show. So 
you're live. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And you are out of Georgia with Lizard Hill Outdoors. I hope I didn't F any of that up. Lizard Hill Bones. <laughs> Lizard Hill Bones. Why did I say hill? No, you did say Lizard Hill Bones. I got it. Outdoors. Damn it. He's saying bones because he does his. Yeah, he does the bones, man, not I, the hills. You know what? And I wrote it down and everything. I wrote it on the paper. You didn't that say didn't it. Sound good. Car, Cameron. I wrote it on the paper. <laughs> I even I, wrote it down. I dabbled with a bit of Europeans just the last few years, just making my own here. But what you told us before we went live with how many you've done last year, I've never heard of anybody doing that many euros in a year. So why don't you share what that was? That was incredible. I think you can hear us, right? Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> you asked too many questions. Sorry. <laughs> how, many, how many euros did you end up making last year? 905 from both season to both season. 905. Wow. That's insane. But and a, you're a, lot, a lot of the work that I do is contract work, which means a lot of these local taxidermists, they don't have time to do uh, skull mounts, and they've got a lot of shoulder mounts to do, so – uh, I do contract work for them. So that's where a lot of my numbers come from is from them and a lot of the processors in the area. That just means you're really good at what you do. If they can trust you to handle off their overflow, then you, you're the I real try, deal. I, listen, I take pride in what I do and I really thoroughly enjoy it. And it's really just a part-time gig. I'm a full-time teacher and I'm the head baseball coach here at our high school. That's excellent. You're a busy man, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to business here. So, when we were talking, I forget if we met on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, I don't know. We come across a lot of folks these days, but it's my understanding that you've been hunting private land for a number of years and you've just, for some silly reason, is what we think, you've decided to go into public land hunting, which is a freaking grind. And that's yeah. okay. Tell us a little bit about that. And then we're going to work our way into what happened last night. Okay. Um, <clears throat> growing up, my dad, you know, it, we're, we're, our location, there was like no deer in like the 80s. So we had to get into hunting clubs like two or three hours south of here. And back then, you know, if you saw a buck, it was like, man, I, I saw a buck. You know, hey, this guy got a buck. And it was yeah, like, right. it was like awesome. Um, but I grew up in an era where, you know, it was just totally awesome. The whole hunting camp experience, um, hunting club type deal and that's that's how i was raised well fast forward to when i'm in high school i could i could vividly remember my dad killing the very first buck on our land and it was a four point and my, my mom was like why'd you kill that one he's like it's the first buck on our land are you kidding me i was like it's you know it's the first buck on our land so through college you know still trying to find access to, to private land um, and then around 2010, 2011, I picked up a book by John Eberhardt called Bow Hunting Pressured Whitetails. Um, and I, at that time, when I first got married, I really got into bow hunting. It's a um, terrible time to get into bow hunting. <laughs> yeah. wife's probably like, what the fuck is this? Excuse me, what the fuck is this? I should do that Well, wrong. my very first bow kill, my wife was sitting right beside me. I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. have enough money to even have a deer sting. We were sitting on a log. Um, and, and on my dad's property, the same property he killed that small four-point on. And then from then, it just grew. And after I read this book, like it totally changed my, my mindset on how to gain access to good hunting, public, and private areas. Because um, back then, we really didn't have a hunting club because 
you know, the law company bought the land or, you know, they sold the land or this kind of excuse. Um, and to find good hunting land, I mean, you really had to know somebody. So after reading that book, the, the, the main thing that stuck out to me was writing a letter <clears throat> with references. And in Georgia, we have a landowner liability law. And I posted that at the bottom of the letter. And actually, I probably sent out about 50 letters. I might have got 47 no's, but those three yeses actually got me my biggest bow buck and continued to help me increase in size as far as the bucks that I was getting. Fast forward to COVID year, you know, you're sitting at home. I started watching Hunt in Public, and I told my brother, I was like, dude, I was like, this lake, those, there's pockets of land around core area that we can get in on set some cameras up and just see what we can see well you know still using the the Eberhardt way of writing letters you know here in the city you can't gun hunt so you can only bow hunt which is right up our alley because even through gun season you can use high-powered rifles here even even now i'm still picking up my bow and bow hunting just because the interactions that you get with the deer bow hunting compared to rifle hunting like you get to see them snort leaves you get to hear them like you get to see them do cool stuff Plus, I just, I like shooting bows. I like competing. Um, and it's just, it's so much fun. I have a passion for bow hunting um, that started really, I guess, when I got married to my wife. I don't know why. I guess it was because of the real tree VHS tips that all I had when we were living in a single wide trailer to watch. We were so poor, I didn't, I couldn't even afford cable. So I would watch those videos over and over. Um, you wore them but, out. Do what? You probably wore those VHS tapes out. I still got them. I still got those guns, man. I love watching those videos. Look, hey, she would like she would watch them with me. She's she's uh she's a trooper. She she enjoys my hobbies. Uh, matter of fact, she got her license this year. Took her hunter safety course. We hadn't got her buck tag filled, but uh, she had a back injury she had to deal with. But I got a food plot in my backyard. Hopefully, uh, in the next week, I can put some pile some corn up because you can bait in Georgia. Possibly get on her first buck of the year. But awesome. The public land draw, like for me, my bucket list is like to kill like a Pope and Young public land deer. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting better at it just because, you know, when you map scout and you, you actually put boots on the ground, you're like, ah, oh, this really wasn't a good place. Or you actually put a camera up and go, wow, there's a, there's a shooter buck in there. Um, but just the draw of being able to, accomplish something like that on public land is just for me personally i think it's like uh, just like a lofty goal that is on my bucket list i'd like to do before i die so are you uh, are you just not then hunting private at all any longer or are you still doing yep. that too yeah but see I, I tagged out in georgia on two private land which was butted up to public um and in Georgia, you get two buck tags. Well, South Carolina for non-residents, because I'm literally 10 minutes from the border, um, non-residents can get four buck tags. So, and I've been so busy at the shop. It's starting to slow down now where I actually get in the woods, but um, I've not had time to get over there uh, except for now. I'm on Christmas break being a teacher. And like I told my brother last night, I said, man, if it's got horn, dude, it's, it's getting thumped. So, um, <laughs> I, if I could do it full time, man, I would. I would exclusively hunt twenty four seven. If I could get paid, <laughs> feed my kids, and 
and be able to provide for my family. I could, I could, I could hunt year long. Yeah, that's the that's the dream, I suppose. I think every male that likes to hunt tries to find a career. Okay, if I do this, I can get off at this time, and I can be in the woods by this time, and I can be able to hunt and kill more deer, kill more turkeys, and fish more, and this, that, and other. I think every guy that, that's an outdoorsman chooses a career that allows him to do that. All right, Josh, I got a question for you. Uh, sounds like you knew about the public property that were near the lakes by your house. Have you ever been on it before? Or when you guys went to go check it out and set cameras, was that the first time you stepped foot on that? Yeah, we set cameras out last week, but we map scouted. And then, like, uh, I've got several friends that live over there. And then just knowing, knowing the area as far as going through there by car, you know, I just think map scouting – like helps us hone in on some places that that we know, and especially like um, if you can find like ag fields near that public land and on the lake, you, hunting from a boat is like a game changer because not everybody's going to put in the effort to get the boat in the water, park the truck, go ride a few miles to go get to where they're going to go, and then come back. You know, coming back in the dark last night was an experience for me and my brother. <laughs> the lake here is a is a it's a recreational lake during the summer, but during the winter they generate heavily. So you know the the, the water line's a lot lower than it normally is and following those breadcrumbs on Onyx on your phone and the John boats, not fun. <laughs> who do we who was our guest uh, the other week that was talking about their their tried canoeing? In the dark, and then someone like, oh no, that was that was uh, uh, Osborne, Luke Osborne, with yep. Publicly Challenged, was telling us that story where he like was taking a canoe, a flat bottom canoe down a river to get to where you know he thought the bucks were, and then uh, he got he got one, and then it was dark, and he was trying to go upstream, and he like said he was paddling for like an hour and didn't move <laughs> at all, and then another boater came up and said, you know, or maybe he didn't get a buck. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, he's like, if you would have got a buck, I wouldn't be helping you or something like that. Just joking, but this other boater helped him. He was like totally stuck. And it was winter. Really? It was nuts. I'm like, dude, that's some sketchy shit as a father. Like, yeah, you could that could have ended pretty bad. So you're in a you're in a John boat, you got a motor on there. I suppose that's a little bit better than a canoe with a paddle. Yes. During cut when COVID hit, you know, obviously we're everybody was at home. Well, I coached baseball and I haven't been able to turkey out that much. And Dude, I'm telling you, it was turkey pockets that season. I tagged out. My brother tagged out. My oldest son got his first bird. My next son got his first bird. My brother's son got his first bird. And we actually went to Indiana for a week and took our boat with us uh, that we recently purchased because of COVID money and hunted from a boat out of, um, what's that, uh, Brookville Lake out of Brookville, Indiana. Got our butts like, stomp there we, we we could i think we were towards the end of the season then uh we heard some some birds gobbling never could get on um but found a bunch of morel mushrooms and actually ended the week on probably about 20 pounds of morels that we fried oh damn that's that's, that's a, a good that's haul. a good haul yeah no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, for so. us, like for us we've never had that experience we probably ran into more mushroom hunters up there than we did turkey hunters while we were there that's, that's gained that's gained in popularity just as much. I might as have to say else. mushrooms, merle mushrooms taste better than wild turkey. I, I, nah, know, I would it, agree. I would agree. <laughs> no, you've never had. I've had wild turkey. It's, no. In fact, okay, small aside because you know this is a this is an open dialogue, right? Like, Josh, you're our guest, but you're gonna have to listen to us talk a bunch of shit <laughs> with each other here and there. 
something the other day, I was like, I think it's my father-in-law. He's like, dude, wild turkey even tastes good. I said, you know, I haven't had a good experience with it, but maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Or maybe someone did it wrong. My old roommate, way back when. I'm telling you, you need to you need to cut them in chunks about that big. Roll them in mustard, roll them in flour, and fry them things in peanut oil. I'm telling you, down south they fry everything in peanut oil. Well, my son's a little bit, so I have to watch the morels and peanut oil. Well, hold on a second. So, let me ask a question to all of you guys because I'm the idiot here, and I'm I'm like the grilling for dummies guy. That's why I have a pellet grill. Okay, for starters, I still my my charcoal grill, so you know I haven't forfeited that completely, but uh, when I'm smoking meat, like 90% of the recipes, you're lathering that thing completely in mustard first. What's the deal with the mustard? What is that? I mean, it turns out great, but Flavor. like, I just am curious why it's always just Flavor. regular old mustard. Flavor. But that's like a base, you it know? Puts a, it puts a crust on it. That's where the crust is coming from? Is that well, mustard? It helps seal in the juices, man. Do you remember when uh, Huntivore told us about mayonnaise instead of butter? Mm-hmm. It, like, that's, th- that's moisture. Yeah. That Did you hear that episode? That, no. Dude, it was like a, I think I got like a small 15 second clip of him talking about the mayonnaise. Really? Yeah. I tried it. You could message Nick right now and he would fill you in on it. Anyway, see, anyway. we're, we're rabbit holing see, it here. I don't, I don't even do that with my turkeys. I just haven't had a great experience with either. Not okay. Really so, good. and yeah, so and you I know more make, than me. I make mine into turkey jerky every year. Turkey jerky. I literally make a huge bag. See, and I jerky. cheat rather than using the, the peanut oil, which is delicious. I wrap mine in bacon and stuff it with jalapenos. And You're going to get shit for the bacon wrap and stuff. I don't care. There's a meme Holly it's, showed me the other day. It's freaking delicious. That's how my wife does. See? Okay. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. You know, the cream cheese bacon wrap yep. on your dough? Yep. And, yep. and I used to eat my share of teal that way, too. Yeah, Holly showed me a good. meme of uh, a guy trying to wrap a present, mm-hmm. and it was like totally trash, which is how I wrap presents. And then it was like a guy wrapping his venison and bacon. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, oh, that's about right. She said, can't you make this or something? Like, no, we're okay. We probably fucked that up too. You know, Josh, when you're in Indiana, would you run into any shed antlers or just morels? Just morels. We, we were kind of like, I'm a run and gun type turkey hunter. And I, like no lie. We probably walked about 50 to 75 miles that week. Wow. Damn. That's a lot. Jay, Jay Rip said mustard is the binder to hold the seasoning. Okay, See? well, that makes a lot of sense. Because then I did. In, in fact, I. The Boston Butts, they use mustard as a binder for seasoning. What's Boston Butts? Do what? What's that? What did you say? Did you say Boston Butts? Yeah, it's like a shoulder of a hog. That's what we call it down here. I don't know what y'all call it up there. Man, I love learning new shit like this, man. This is like I, one of the reasons I love doing this butts. podcast. There's a butt that came from Boston. <laughs> Boston butts for our baseball team. We would smoke them on like a big, huge pit, and people would come by and like, dude, dude I'll come. You got to make a t shirt that <laughs> says delicious. Boston butts. <laughs> for the pig, there's a pig, Boston butts. Just, with just the butt of the pig. Google it, it's <laughs> a pig. I, I look, at that, look at that pig butt. <laughs> well, we have a cup called smoke butt around here, and it's It'll be used in in place, a, in sometimes in place of uh, um, corned beef. I went to the my family my my parents didn't like corned beef. I don't know why. Because they're not but Irish. They're Irish. That's the, the fuck. Dude. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm you, sorry. You need to start my dad. He's gonna be so mad. He hates when I swear in the show. You curse like a sailor. It's a problem. That's yeah. why I wasn't a good Santa, but I didn't you swear. Were a bad Santa. That's <laughs> a real thing. All right, Billy Bob. Anyway, hey, and another thing, right. have y'all heard yeah. of turkey and dressing, or do y'all do turkey and stuffing? We, so we're big in stuffing See, up here. See, it's called stuffing here. 
Yeah, we have dressing down here. It's basically like creamy cornbread. Okay, so my wife's grandmother made it's like corn with I don't know what in it. It's like bread chunks. <laughs> yeah, I, so there you go. There's That's your dressing. Dressing. It's close. I don't know. Where are we right stuffing, now? Stuffing, stuffing. This Scotch ale is hitting different, you guys. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, we're drinking the Scotch ale here, and I'm telling you what. Drinking the founder's dirty basket over here. So, uh, Josh, I know you talked about the the deer you got, but like, break down that hunt a little bit because how freaking exciting, man! You got your first freaking deer on public land. Like, that's a big deal, yeah. man. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Well, about a week ago, I had time away from the shop, and I told my brother. I said, let's go set some cameras out. And we had about four spots. I think it was last Wednesday. And we took a climbing stick, put the climbing stick as high as we could, picked out four spots on the map that we wanted to put some cameras in. And we just, we let them, we call them letting them soak. So we let them soak for about a week. And then the night prior to that hunt, he had a, a good shooter buck that, you know, I would have shot whether I was in any state, show up. He Good said, use of go. the term shooter buck, by the way. Good use of the word. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I told him before we got off the boat, because, you know, in, in South Carolina, non-residents get four buck tags. And I told him, I was like, look, I said, I haven't been able to hunt that much. I said, if this guy, like, an inch, or I can see antler, I said, it's getting stuck. He said, all right, that's cool. So we got 50 yards apart from each other, because we didn't know which way they were going to come in. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know if you guys think about this, but like whenever I'm thinking about where I'm going to set up, I always, especially late season when it's a lot of the foliage is gone, I try to find a tree that's got a Y in it so that I can like split my my outline up. And when we were setting the camera, I looked up and I actually saw a Y tree, and I said, "Look, let's let's get right here because if, if they come by, because we were seeing rubs when we put uh, boots on the ground, when we put those cameras up." And I said, "Let's just see what we can see." Well, <clears throat> we got out of the boat. I got in that wide tree. My brother got about 50 yards away. And, dude, I'm talking like squirrel, like WrestleMania was going on. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania. Squirrel WrestleMania. That's the best way I've heard it described. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, it's like these deer, man, they're showing up left and right. As soon as we get in here, like these squirrels are just going to just have, have their way here. And I would say almost at the end of shooting life. It's the like, episode title, by the way, Squirrel WrestleMania. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Josh, does that Josh does that mean that you had some oaks and acorns on the ground? Because up here, usually, you're around oaks. There's going to be squirrels. If you're crazy. going into the tenth round of the cage match of a <laughs> Squirrel there, WrestleMania, you've got chairs oak trees leaning up against sure. the oak trees. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. going to go down. Yeah, over those We got several species of oaks. We got white oak. We got red oak, we got water oak, we got water oak. I've never heard of that one. All right. Post oaks and the water oaks and the red oaks, they don't germinate till the spring. Your white oaks will germinate as soon as they hit the ground and they hit yep. moisture. So the You're a science oaks, teacher, so this is fact. Here. This is yep. a scientific fact coming from a science teacher. Yep. So your science, red oaks. Yo. The, red, <laughs> the red oaks will germinate in the spring, so they're still on the ground. Mm -hmm. And your water oaks, they, they germinate in the spring as well, and they're still on the ground. And they're everywhere here, especially around the lake. And um, I, I don't know. I, we, we try to find transition lines, especially southern pines. Y'all have pine trees? 
Oh yeah, lots of oh, pines. Yeah. My favorite tree. Yeah. See, like when pines meet oaks, we tr we try to key in on those places. Yeah. Um, and like there's several other kind of like oak trees that we have here in the southeast that that they can feed on year round. And um, again, it was probably it gets dark around five thirty. It might have been like four forty-five. Squirrel was going crazy, and I started hearing something that didn't really sound like a squirrel. And I kept looking through my binos, and I finally saw a movement that was lateral. I call it lateral movement. I don't know what anybody else calls it, but when I see lateral movement through the woods, I start, you know, kind of freaking out. And my heart fluttering. My heart fluttering. Yeah, what do you talk about that for two seconds? What do you What do you define that as lateral movement? What do you mean? Like, like if, if squirrels, if you could see squirrels on in a in a petri dish. They literally act like an amoeba. They're just all over the place. There's no direct line. When no. you see a deer far off or close. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Like yep. It's got a destination. Yep. Yep. Straight movement. Like, I, I do that too. Move. I know what you're talking about now. Left thank to you. right, right yep. to left, got north it. to south, east right. to west. My dad right. always told me that too growing up when we were in cedar swamps. It's all straight up and down. You're cedars. right. You look for that lateral line. You got I'm a psycho back, about movement. Belly, mm -hmm. That's a deer. That's what I got, man. Once, yeah, you, once you get like acclimated to the woods for like about you know whatever three, four, five minutes, nothing's fucking not moving in my line of vision, <laughs> and I don't know about it. Uh, thanks, Frank. Yeah, nothing's not can moving in my sight of vision without me knowing about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so lateral. Yep. <clears throat> so once I saw that, I put my binos up, and I knew it was a deer, and then I kept looking to see if there was antler, and then I found antler, and I texted my brother. I said, "There's a deer to my left." And he kept working his way up, and the jerker started making a rub. And I didn't I, like. I just went in the kill zone. Like when I go in the kill zone, like I don't look at. If I know I'm going to shoot it, I start focusing in on like where my kill spot is. And then he got he got within bow range, ranged him. He was about 19 yards. Pulled back, let the hammer drop. He was quartering away. He started digging taters, and he he. Uh, about 50 yards away is when he laid down, and uh, I was pumped. Like, like, that's my first public land buck. That's my first South Carolina buck, and that was the first buck that we'd killed, that we'd christened our boat with. Our boat with. That's awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. You're still on cloud nine, man, and you're on a Thanks silly you know, podcast. Hey, like, yeah, come man. on. Well, it was just last night. <laughs> Where is he? Is he still hanging up in your garage? Like, what do you do? Where is he, man? He's still digging taters. <laughs> I love it. Another t-shirt. They start digging for taters, man. You bet. I love it. Take them home and fry up the backstrap with them. Heck yeah. I got it. I took it to the processor, and I'm going to get jerky and uh, maple meat sticks made out of it. Maple meat sticks sounds Heck good. Yeah. We do. Like, uh, I got, I got jalapeno cheddar. Taste, like when you're eating pancakes and sausage links, and you take out sausage links and you dip it in the syrup and eat it, that's exactly how these things taste. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. When we go upstairs, guys, we're gonna have some jalapeno cheddar uh okay. sausage. Sounds I got good. some upstairs. I also got venison hot dogs, which are delicious. Yeah. You're gonna need my to son is obsessed with venison hot dogs. Yeah, you, you know, know what the founders is delicious. I wish a processor would make deer boudin. Ooh. Okay, new term coming at me. No. Gotta define it. It, go ahead. Is that go similar ahead. to a Boston butt? Derek's coming back tonight. Sorry, man. I don't know what that is. Uh, Enlighten us, please. Well, Boudin, like in Louisiana, it's kind of like a sausage with rice enc encased. I wish they someone 
in in our area uh, would start making that. I've never had boudin, but like when you watch um, Phil Duck Dynasty, they eat it like we eat hot dogs around here. Sure. Interesting. Are those guys nearby? Where are the, where are those guys? Are they Louisiana? in like Louisiana? That's like that Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. In like a bayou or something, right? Mm-hmm. Bunch of Southern boys. And we're talking with Southern boy right now. You got a pretty thick draw there, Josh. I'm sorry. A lot of times. I don't have to apologize for no, it. I think it's no, great. No, no, no. We love a talking to you, Southern boys. I teach, people can't understand my redneck and knees when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> buddy Jared, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a regular on the show. He's out in Arkansas, and he's always like, man, I'm more Southern than cornbread. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think Josh got you beat. But right now, I'm going to send him this episode. He's going to listen. <laughs> That's pretty great. So tell us a little bit about the skull mounting, man. 900 skulls from both season to both season or, you know, whatever the, the exact number was. And you're at like 600 something now, I think. Yeah. Like, your process is interesting. You you had Greg's here for a minute. And ain't too often I see Greg learning something new. So not to say you're a know-it-all. No, but I'm not a know-it-all. I'm not saying that. So, I'm not saying you're a know-it-all. I'm just saying if someone's teaching Greg something, they fucking they can know please, something, okay? Please. <laughs> So you better go to church on Sunday. I'm going to church. Oh for, well, we'll see. Whatever. The plan is to go to church for Christmas. Anyway, okay. Go anyway. ahead, Josh. What do you got? All right. So I started out. I started out with a homemade buck boiler, which is basically like a feed bucket and a heating element uh, in the bottom of, it, and literally was like obsessed. Searched YouTube, searched Facebook, searched everywhere I could. I could search. And I finally ran into a guy, his name's David Barber. He owns DNA Skull Mounts in uh, Rockingham, North Carolina. Messaged him on Facebook. I said, hey, guy, would you mind just let me spend a day with you just to, just to see? Because he was doing over 1,000 back then. This was, I think, 2016, 2017. I said, how in the world are you doing this many Skull Mounts? Because at that time, like, I, I needed money. Like, my wife transitioned from being an RN to a teacher and, she took, she took a huge pay cut doing that. Yeah, but <laughs> my wife's a teacher. Hours. I know all about that life. Right. The hours were perfect. Hours good. We got oh, we, yeah. we have four boys and they could eat their weight through groceries. So <laughs> we spent a day with him and uh he taught me how to get business, how to get contracts with um processors, with taxidermists, because a lot of these taxidermists they don't want to fool with skull mounts because they're so busy with shoulder mounts. Matter of fact, one of the contracts that I have. He's over 500 uh, shoulder mounts so far on the season since both seasons. Wow. You guys are killing deer down there. Yeah, boy, they hate deer down here in Georgia. South Carolina, in Georgia, you get two buck tags. In South Carolina, if you're a resident, you get five. If you're a non-resident, you get four. So you can only imagine. Damn. Like, That's a problem um, to have, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? I like killing deer, and I like seeing deer, and I like messing with deer. And um, getting in the skull mounts helped me to be kind of part of that industry because you know growing up i played baseball and my dad would always tell me hey man when you get older you're gonna be able to kill a whole lot more deer and shoot a whole lot more turkey and i when i got older i was like i'd be dang if i didn't get to hunt and fish more when i was playing ball so um <laughs> like i learned from him and his process is called maceration which is basically sticking it in a bucket of water let's say that again water. let's say that again for the folks in the back maceration is that a term y'all ever heard Maceration? Mm-hmm. You heard this term? Yeah. Is there a definition for that term? I thought you were going to go down another road with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm curious. Maceration. 
I don't know if I'm spell. I'm, I can't spell either. M A C E R. Okay, so it's defined as the softening and breaking down of skin resulting from prolonged exposure to moisture. Okay, yep. like, look, I just like to do this kind of stuff. Okay, Craig. This is good. What? I got to play yeah. the OKS Hunter because our audience is the OKS Hunter audience. Sorry, everybody. I just dissed a Maybe whole you're population. Your own audience. <laughs> You might be Someone's got to break it down Barney style for us lay folks, okay? Barney's All right, go on. Macer maceration. Damn. So basically, you, we call in the skull business, and like there's skull pages on Facebook, and there's guys that, you know, ask questions, give advice, that sort of thing. But basically, a tank is um, a freezer that's not working, and it's a dead freezer. But I use them for insulating purposes. And what I'm insulating is the heat, and the heat that I use is a, a and it has to be halogen, is a 60 watt or higher light bulb. Now, it's a scientific fact that you've got 10 times more bacteria on your body or in your body than there are cells that make up your body. And a deer is different. And imagine how many bacteria cells a deer has because a deer doesn't take a bath twice a day like we do. So they already come preloaded with bacteria ready to go. And all we're doing is providing an environment for those bacteria to eat every way that they can and when they come out they're literally like bug clean probably cleaner than a bug uh clean now the side effect of this is they're going to and they're going to smell like a pile of chicken manure my job is to take that smell out to get them clean the excess fat that was left behind that the bacteria get and then whiten that a lot of people call say bleach skull but do not ever 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 use bleach because they'll eat the bone. What we use in the skull industry is peroxide and there's several ways you can get it. There's cream kind, there's liquid kind, um, and you can basically get it at a beauty supply store like Sally's. And then once we do that, we send it out on its way and um, contracts uh, seem to be uh, a week long. So that's how you're explaining that process a little bit through that term I learned. I'm sorry. I did. I, the only skull mount I ever did is sitting behind this computer screen that people can't see back there. I'll change the camera view for y'all folks here. And good luck getting that crack without breaking a bottle of booze. But I did that by burying it in the ground for <clears throat> about nine months or so. I buried this guy in the ground. And uh, it's all messed up now. It's been dropped a bunch and, and stuff like that. But because uh, of kids. So yeah. yeah, I buried this in the ground and I digged it up. I dug, dig it up. Jesus Christ! You I dig dug, <laughs> dug it up about a, you know nine months later, and I did what you talk about, like blowed out the brains, you know, uh, washed it out and stuff. And our buddy Jeff Genke came over and helped me with it because he he does taxidermy on the side. He's contracted by some taxidermists to do some shoulder mount stuff, but he knew he was way around the deer skull. I'd never done it, but he'd said he had never seen a deer buried for that long. He said that everything just fell off like butter. He had never seen nothing yeah. like it, and it turned out pretty good. I, I, you know, I got some flat when I spray painted it. You know, I did a bad job, of course, because I, you know, because I am who I am. Uh, <laughs> I stained the antlers with some wood stain real lightly to bring some life back to them. And it, I think, you know, for my first attempt at doing that stuff, it was fine. But I ain't doing 900 of them like you are. The experience of it you have, man, uh, is really impressive. Like, how freaking cool that you're Josh, doing the stuff. Josh, I got to ask you, you mentioned ammonia before the show we got started. So after you do your maceration process, the bacteria eats off all the fleshy bits. And you said you're soaking them in ammonia. That's, I'm assuming, 
Uh, you said uses a degreaser, but that also helps with the smell. Yeah. All right. So the contract work that I have, they they want their when I pick up on Monday, they want it back on Monday. Um, my skulls, maybe five six years down the road, they may have grease in them. Um, but if you were doing your own, I would strongly recommend like, sticking <clears> in a five gallon bucket with a half gallon of ammonia at 110 degrees and keep doing that each week until the water or that ammonia water solution stays clear, then it's ready to wipe. But just to show you, this is a Fowler deer that I did for a guy that had some exotics. But this is how clean I can get them. You oh yeah. Nasal, nasal turbinites are intact. And how clean there it is. the wipe that skull gets. That's beautiful. And you didn't paint that or nothing, huh? That's just how it no, is. This is this is a this is a whitened. I hate to use the term bleach because it gives a the 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 false sense of right, literal right. bleach. Yeah. But this guy had some exotics in a pen that he uses that people like literally ride in their pasture to go look and see. And these guys are in the same pen and started fighting each other. And this one ended up dying. And he called me. He said, "Hey, you want this thing?" I said, "Heck yeah!" Like I'm hanging this in my house. So <laughs> why not? Yeah, heck yeah. Like my wife's like, where are you gonna put that thing? I was like, right here, like right there. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that looks great. Uh I just posted, hey, if you want to call into the show for all the live viewers, the number is posted on the screen. So if you got questions for Josh, uh go ahead and call in. Let's we'll bring you on to the show. Uh I forgot to do that last week with all the technical stuff we're we're navigating here with the new setup. Um, but Nicholas just asked a question I'll put it on the screen. Nicholas said, if, if I'm going to take my deer in for European mountain, should I peak the skin, I think peel, peel the skin off peel, yeah. if it's going to be in my freezer for a while before I take it in? No, I would, I would leave it in, you know, a good skull guy's going to be able to, to get them in to, to do it right. As far as time, I wouldn't leave it alone, leave it in there too long. Cause you'll get issues with freezer burn. And a lot of times skulls that are freezer burn almost end up like a deadhead where it's kind of stained. And it's just, it's hard to get that out. Um, if I were going to skin it, I would skin it, wet paper towels, wrap it around, and then stick it in the freezer. That's good to know, man, because some people got to send these things for some time. I think uh, the same thing Nicholas said, I had to sit on mine for a while this fall till he had room, but didn't peel the hide off the skull. Don't know if that's bad or not. So that's kind of what you're no, talking No, just don't leave it in there for like years. Like I got some people, you know, that leave them in there for a long, long time. And the skin will actually freeze a burn where you have to like soak it to actually get the skin off. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like that's not something you want to do. Again, we're happy to open up the phone lines here. We do have a caller. Uh, hang in there with me for just a sec. They're getting screened right now. So as soon as they're done getting screened, we'll bring them onto the show. But uh, so, uh, Josh, I tend to, I work, I'm a high school art teacher. Um, I tend to be really good friends with science teachers because they're typically male science teachers are the only ones in my buildings who hunt. So those are typically my buddies, the science teachers. And yeah. I had a, I had a science uh, teacher buddy who's actually a chemistry teacher who had the beetles in his classroom. He was always asking for skulls so the students could watch the process and see it. So I harvested my first bear, this is years ago, and brought in the bear skull. And then obviously after the beetles did their work, there's still all kinds of grease, especially yeah. in those bear skulls. So what we what we did is similar process to what you mentioned. I didn't use heat, and I used Dawn dish soap yeah. um, instead of ammonia, and I just kept changing it out. You find that ammonia works a lot better. Yeah, uh, ammonia, like for, for my purposes, ammonia 
will get rid of the maceration smell that smells like rotten chicken manure. Um, it also is a good degreaser. Um, but bear skulls, to me, they're just like a big old coon. They just, they just full of them and hogs. I get a lot of hogs here in the south, and I just, man, I absolutely, when I see them coming to the shop, I hate them because I know I'm going to be fighting grease just yeah. because they got so much fat in and around the head. I'm going to bring our first caller on. Uh, looks like it's Dave, I believe, out of uh, potentially Woodbury, New York. Dave, you're live on the show. What's going on? Oh, man, I get to kick off the call for the first call for the night? No pressure. You got it, man. Got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like all that pressure. <laughs> no pressure here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm hearing, I'm listening to the podcast, and I think we need to do some recipes, a recipe Ooh. episode. Oh, I like that. That's okay. a good idea. And, uh, I would love to do that. Sure. And, I need uh, it the most. Hey, Greg, it's the Ginger Ninja from uh, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Not much. I'm at work right now, mopping floors. Mopping <laughs> floors. Yeah, living nice. Swab, the, swab that deck, buddy. Mm-hmm. Is, there, uh, is there deer playing in the football field right now? Uh, actually, probably. I'm on the North okay. Shore of Long Island right now, and I got deer all over the place. And, Time uh, to start whacking and stacking, dude. I would, I would love to be able to hunt where I work at. My mom, my mom <laughs> was on the way to work this morning, and she ended up hitting a deer at like five thirty this morning. So, oh man, did you? But, were you able to claim it? That's the first thing I. She texted me. She's just like, yeah, I'm having a day. She's like, I got hit by a deer in the car. I was like, did you save it for me? Was it a buck or a doe? She's like, aren't you going to ask how I'm doing? I was like, you're fine. You're talking to me. <laughs> so, you're clearly fine because you're messaging me or calling me right now. Right. So I think my Christmas just got uh, shot in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Josh, can you hear our caller? I, I, it's like just mumbling in the background. Yeah, we're having a – so we can hear you just fine, Dave, but it uh, sounds like our listeners cannot – but right, don't no worry. worry, they'll be able to hear in podcast land. So as long as we can hear you, I think it's okay. Uh, another Eric's coach. having chesticle difficulties again. Yeah, I tell you, when we do as when you do as much as we do on the tech front, uh, believe me, it's a, it's a challenge. But shoot, yeah, everyone's telling me they can't hear you. That's unfortunate. Oh well, we'll have to figure that out. Thanks for calling in, buddy. All right, boys, have <laughs> yeah. a good one. You yeah, too, you bud. Too. We'll talk long. soon. Happy holidays. You too. So Josh, what you were talking about is he wants to do a recipe. Uh, you know what we should do? I think we gotta have a southerner. We, we have to. We have to. We if we're gonna, I think we're gonna have to have like a write-in or a call-in recipe. So we're gonna have to take like our last thirty guests or something like that and have them call in with a oh, recipe. Oh, jeez, that would be a that'd be a humdinger. <laughs> Doug Cliverbean just asked, "What in the world are you wearing, Derek?" <laughs> Which I just totally, I'm so used to it already. Come on, Doug. Oh, that's great. Doug, that, you're the man. No, I mean, you look like kind of look nice. Yeah. 007 invaded Christmas. Come today on. was ugly sweater or holiday festive wear. Is it your last day of school today? I uh, know, tomorrow. Uh, but they tomorrow. held it today. So okay. I, you know, I got this a few years ago. It's that nice athletic wear. So it's yeah. comfy. And yeah. That's. You don't have to sweat so bad. Check the sweat. Box. And you got the Stormy Cromer on. Is that what that is? Yes. Yeah. Not a knockoff. It looks legit. Mm-hmm. Greg's got a Stormy Cromer. What color is yours? Is yours like the Mine's a drab part? color. Mine's not drab. Quite, yeah. It's olive drab. And they weren't so darn expensive. Find this hat. 
Yeah, that's the load in black. They're out of stock, man. Those Richardson one twelves are out yeah. everywhere. We just got our hands on some by some uh, miracle of uh, I don't even know what to call it, but they are not available anywhere else. So we're gonna have some trade show only stuff. So if you're a two hundred or two hundred a whatever the hell our booth number is for the open season trade show of March twenty fifth, sixth, twenty seventh. Yep. We're gonna have some merch that uh, you cannot buy on our website. So for anyone in Wisconsin Dells around then, you're gonna luck out if you want to come by our booth. I'm hoping to have maybe a couple of original pieces of artwork too. Oh, that would be great! That would be a great idea. We'll do that for sure, hundred percent. We'll support local artists like Derek. Do you need feathers, or do you need anything? I'm always accepting of the turkey feathers. I've okay. got, I've got a few, but I can always use a few more. Well, okay. I may or may not get involved in the turkey hunt this year. It depends on if there's any. What are they called? Leftover tags. Greg's like the other day. I, Sorry, Josh. By the way, Greg's like, hey, did you get a, did you get a turkey tag? I'm like, well, no. When can I do it? He's like, well, it would have been December 10th. I'm like, well, where the fuck were you texting me on December 10th? Dude, so. Now we're going to start an argument. <laughs> Asshole. I told you two months ago. <laughs> we swear now. Hey, that's, that's fighting words there, buddy. Yeah, huh? Don't worry. You'll get involved I was like, here, what? too. You text me 10 days later. Well, I didn't know. I didn't no, know. No, 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 no. If you would just get your head out of your rectum <laughs> and pay attention I'm to I'm just things. engineering, you know, stuff no one has ever done ever. I'm engineering my world over here. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, I can't. So oh, you can squeeze one of them out of your rectum. If I get some sloppy seconds, I'll go and kill a turkey. See how it goes. You better be Johnny on the ball. Well, come March, you I better will. have your button. But ready. if it's at a trade show, y'all need, hey, y'all need to come down here, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Josh y'all. is like, I'm the moderator. Is there, is there a lot of turkey <laughs> Y'all need to come down here and turkey hunt. I grew I'm, up like in the 80s. You'd walk in the gas station with camo on, and people would be like, what are y'all doing with camo on? Like, Turkey season, duh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a normal thing in our house. Rectum, damn near killed. I just saw that on the screen. Nice. Rectum, damn near killed. Yeah, funnier if you didn't comment on the shirt there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Doug is a technical genius, and he helped me with this stuff. He, he probably needs to help me some more. I need, to, you, I need to bring him here. Doug's in there. Eric was on the struggle bus. I've been on the struggle bus. Messing things up over here. Doug is aware of my situation. But uh, we had a Doctor Who echo going on. In I here. went down the wrong path. Doug's like, you should have went this direction. I went that, that direction. Yeah, Doug don't want to touch my situation with Temple Pool. I'll tell you that right now. And he could probably fix it, but I, he's like, you need to buy another thousand dollars of gears. What needs to happen? So, yeah, Doug, I broke. I have an infinite echo happening that I can't seem to fix. And it usually it seems to be through OBS. I'm it's not going to talk about this right now. Camera oh. to camera. To I camera. see something in Josh's screen there that I'm interested in. Oh, what you got there? Josh, what you got there? All right. So this is a mini muley, uh, mini muley European mount. Okay. Starting in January, these guys you need to follow them on Instagram. It's mini muleys. You can take pictures from your iPhone of say like a shoulder mount, like something like let me move, like something like that in the background. I can take pictures on my iPhone. Okay. Send it to them, and they can make a mini replica of of your mount, and you could literally hang it anywhere. Like it's That's the coolest awesome. thing ever, and I'm. Like when it comes to skulls and deer skulls, like I'm I'm like a, a geek when it comes to this kind of stuff. When That's I saw cool. pop up on my Instagram, like I started following them. And I was like, hey, but if you'll stay tuned to my Instagram, this mini muley will be aged bronze here shortly. Uh, you can check out my page 
and I do uh, metal coatings on skulls like copper with patina, aged bronze. I can rust. I can make one look like rust. Um, I can hydro dip them. Like I literally want to be like the best guy that you do a skull mount uh, in the industry, and um, have had a lot of people teach me a lot of things. Uh, especially David Barbary. You know, there's some other guys that are some great skull guys uh, in the industry from all over. There's groups on Facebook you can join and learn. But um, to me, like this thing right here, like I can just put it in my pocket behind me. You want to see something cool? Look at here. Look, look at this thing right here, man. That is great. That can hang from your mirror in your car. That can go on your keychain. Put that, it in your beard. You can send like that as your Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can hang from my beard. Oh, oh my gosh. That's your ornament for your tree. That's a dude. You want your beards. That, that is straight it's up Viking right there. Look at that thing. That thing's gnarly. That's a great gift idea for like a Christmas ornament. You heard of, you heard of a Christmas tree. You got to. Deer hunting beard. I'm at my dad's house. I'm gonna snap a photo of his his 15 pointer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send to these guys, and he's gonna get a gift next year. You know, you have to know about. No, what's what's awesome about that? Gave it away. I'm a, I'm a dork forget. with the antlers. Josh, you're all about the skulls. I'm the dork with antlers. I do a lot of antler repair. Well, they, they do sheds too. If you can take a picture of a shed, and they send you send it to them, and they like send you like a mini shed of whatever. Wow. Like those guys do a great job with their antler coloring too. Like it's very very good. You yeah. know. You would know. That's kind of my geek area. Doug said, is that a deer in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Or horny, huh? Or horny, huh? Is that a deer in your beard, or are you just happy oh, to see me? Oh, man. That's a, that's a social media conversation I always love to see. It's when someone calls is, something a horn, and then some smart-ass has to be like, it's actually a Oh, yeah, so we poke fun at that a lot. Whatever. We, we, have, a, we have, I think, we have a whole collection called You Can't Eat Your Horns. I know. Everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, you can't clone horns. Like, we do that to piss you off on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> you sucker. You aren't getting it. <laughs> you big Boston butt. <laughs> you big Boston butt. Oh, Josh, why did you? That's my mind. That's like common knowledge here. No, nah, it's nothing. Do you know what a fish fry is? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Well, do you, know what a, do you know what an old fashioned is? That's it. There you go. Hey. At my wedding rehearsal, we had a fish fry. That's what we fed everybody with. You that know, awesome. you know. Do you know what? A, do you good. know what? A old... you catch a fish. You're looking at your wife. We lost some. Oh, where'd you go? You there? Oh, no. Who me? Yeah, there you are. Hey. <laughs> do you know what? A, do you know what an old fashioned is? An old fashioned. That's right. No. There it is. There, we got something now that we can't comprehend that you're not aware of. It's an old-fashioned. Here in Wisconsin, we got brandy and bourbon old-fashions. It's a winter thing, and it goes with a fish fry. Friday nights. It's fish fries and old-fashions, buddy. Mm-hmm. I just wrote about old-fashions in my Instagram post I made today. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was it brandy or bourbon? I always drink bourbon and whiskey old-fashioned. Yes. I better. like the bourbon much better. I we just had brandy. this. I don't like yeah. the sweet. It's I pretty don't sweet. Like much sweet in no. Uh, I, I don't like sweet stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's your, your, your wife want to come and join us on the podcast? She's welcome. I would love to talk to your wife. Well, we would all would. In fact, my wife's probably going to take over one of these damn days. What does your wife teach, Josh? What does my wife teach? Yeah. What does she teach? She's a healthcare science teacher at our high school. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. We appreciate the work you guys do. You, Derek is a teacher. Derek, what do you teach? Teacher. My wife is a teacher. Yeah, we love teachers here. Yeah. This fact, 
This my teacher just brought me beer. Teacher, my wife's a teacher, and I'm a teacher. Educators throughout life. That's awesome. That's cool. Dude, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's been real fun talking with you. Um, great, man. Like, let people know where they can find you, how they can get in touch. I don't know how much capacity you can handle from like a skull mounting perspective, but I know we do have a number of listeners on the East Coast and, and in the Southern states. So uh, I, I suspect a couple of folks will hear this and be like, oh, I should probably call him. Yeah. Um, just check out my pages. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's Lizard Hill Bones. And the name is like a family name. My grandfather was a cotton farmer and a soybean farmer. And he would pile rocks up on the highest point of the property. And lizards would literally come and sunbathe on that hill. And he called the farm Lizard Hill. Hmm. And my logo is actually a, a skull sitting on top of a hill with lizards on the side of it. So Very cool. Uh, That's awesome that's where that name come from. Cause people ask me like, where the heck did you get that name? I was like, well, that's part of my family, my family farm. Um, but I'm on all those social media sites. Um, and then if you ever hashtag or search for the hashtag Wampus tour, that's yeah, what's that about. I've seen that from you. What does that mean? My son Wampus. killed his first buck and my brother-in-law was with us and he started like filming after we found it. And I just gave him a big old bear hug and slapped him on the back. I said, man, you put the wampus on him. You put the wampus on him. And then from then on, from then on, I was like, that's it. That's got to be a shirt. So it's the wampus tour, no matter what you're doing. If you're fishing, hunting, if you're, it doesn't matter. If it's anything to do with outdoors, you're on the wampus tour. That's awesome. I like it. I like it, dude. That's pretty cool. So I, I, say, uh, I say kitty wampus a lot around my kids. My daughter's like, Dad! Why do you always say it's Kitty Wampus? Like, I don't know, because it's all Kitty Wampus, but that's not what you're talking different, about. Totally yeah. different meaning. But I like the word. I like the word Wampus. It's a good word. Yeah, man. It's like a southern redneck and knees. Like, you put the hurting on whatever you're trying to put the hurting on. I go, put the Wampus on it. <laughs> that's better. That's even better. Oh, that's good you got shit, some man. great stuff on your page. I'm just, just uh, started following. Yeah, these guys are like, who are we talking to now? Who are we talking to now? I was like, well, I Go look him up. I sent the, I sent the Instagram and you'll have, this is what I mean. Like we talk to known and unknown people, man. Like some people are better known than others. Some people are completely unknown. You're unknown to us and it's awesome. And we love it, man. Yep. It's good to meet new people and you're, you're repping the hat. I didn't even realize I shipped one to you. It would have been me that did it. So I'm sorry. I didn't even realize it. No, that's cool. I know how it, it is, man. It looks good on you, man. You wear it well. You wear it well. Hey, sure. we appreciate the education. We got a little bit of uh, barbecue and education. Some red knees. Some red knees. Heck yeah. The maceration <laughs> process. I really enjoyed hearing that. Man. That's that's great. You know, what people don't realize with podcasting is the return on relationship, man. You, you get you get a lot of return on relationship. We meet a lot of cool people. We learn a lot of cool stuff. And we've been at this for, shit, I've been doing this since 2013, so I think. Just to let Doug know, I've never eaten possum. I'm not that, I'm not that ready. <laughs> <laughs> you tell that. You I can't be if need Doug, be. Doug, you're just, you're just. I'm looking for a question. This shit, Doug. <laughs> Doug's good. Doug's a good dude. In fact, you know, Doug and you might have to have a beard off because Doug's beard is about as impressive as yours is. Doug's, got he's got a podcast too. His podcast is Smackdown Outdoors, and his podcast he does a lot with fishing. He does some with hunting too, but his he's got a lot of fishing stuff. Yeah, we're big, I was talking to somebody today about crappy fishing. I'm not really a, a big fisherman except when it comes to trout fishing. Like I That's love fun. to trout fish in the summer. Hell yeah. Yeah. I do. I actually do a lot of trout and salmon on the big lake here on Lake Michigan. 
so it's a different kind of fishing and Derek's been with me it's a good time where we're we're trolling around on a big aluminum boat pulling big lures and big king salmon cohos rainbows browns lakers yeah. they all hit it and it's it's a lot of fun there's some some spots like the creek is no longer no wider than maybe I don't know, 10 yards, and you can catch a 10 to 12 pounder rainbow or brown or palomino, oh, man. man. And we use like, I'm not one of those fly fishing guys. I'm just a meat fisherman because yeah. I like to eat. Um, and we're got like four pound tests with open, open face reels. Yep, spinning reels. Have a good time up there. You bet. That sounds That's like excellent, man. Well, Stay in touch, buddy. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch with you, and, and hopefully hey, you get some good. One. If we do, just do a podcast about skulls, we'll do a podcast about hunting. If we do a podcast about outdoor We'll do more. Because for sure, I have some recipes to eat what I kill. That sounds <laughs> Hell great. Hell yeah. That's good, man. There's a, a meat eat article I read today about uh, Ronella's brother that posted something about that. Like, people ain't. You know, they ain't eating what they're killing. They don't know any recipes, blah, blah. And I've yet to listen to the whole thing, but it sounds like Steve and his brother are at a bit of odds with each other. I got pretty heated from what I read. And uh, I eat I eat what I kill. Yeah. I don't know why people might yeah. think I don't. But do y'all know what nail do. sauce is? Damn it. No, I don't know what that is either. It's killing me, Josh. It, it sounds you need to local. It and order Dale on. sauce sounds Thank like something later. my dad's buddy's going to produce. Come on, Dale. On. Dale get, did our electricity in this room. Hey, listen, message me on Instagram, send me a dress, and I'll send y'all a box full of Dale sauce and give you some recipes for Okay. For, for all, like, all right. Telling you, Dale sauce, man, you put it on anything. It's like, it's, it's, Thebomb.com. I'll check out Dale Sauce. It's the Wampus. Check out, check out uh, our buddy, uh, check out Musket Powder. Have you heard of Musket Powder? No clue what that is. Is that like Ward a Ward Danger, a.k.a. What's his full name? Edward Heckler or something like that. Yeah. He goes by Ward Danger. He makes Musket Powder. That has it's been... Made with, it's a seasoning made with coffee. And if you like well, to do brisket, pork shoulder, whatever on the grill, this is dry rub. Boston it's butt. good. So I did mustard I all over. Pork butt up here. Yeah, yeah, I did mustard on my pork butt, butt uh, pork shoulder, and then I, I did musket butter all the whole thing, the regular one, the original, the black one, not the brown coffee one or the red hot one or the mustard one. Or it's all got coffee. They got ranch or whatever, but it was good. It, it, it turned out pretty great, man. In fact, when I got my pit what about, boss, what about donkey butter? You try that? I don't. I feel like you're messing with me. Right? I don't know how to answer that question. No, I'm not messing with you. Donkey butter. Look it up. Donkey butter or donkey butter? Donkey I'm afraid butter. to. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, don't, don't Google that on your school internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fire ain't going to work there. Hey, Chris was going to come in and be like, donkey butter? Don't do that. That'll do. Don't get That'll do. Don't do it at work, whatever you do. Oh, gosh, I won't. All right, I'm going to end the live feed. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining us. Hang out for just a second. We'll debrief with you. And everybody else that tuned in, hang tight. This will be live on Podcast Night tonight. See ya. All right. Real quick, couple announcements here as I wrap up the show and stay tuned for Anthony Heller with Deer Veins Tip of the Week. It's a good one for this particular show. Last week, uh, I forgot to put his Tip of the Week into the episode, so uh, there'll be two for this week. Uh, so anyways, 
real quick, I wanted to mention our weekly email blast. I don't mean to peddle something or like push something, but I will say that we have on our website the ability for our listeners, members, followers, whatever you want to call everyone that pays attention to the things that we're putting out from a content perspective, whether that's a podcast or social or whatever, to to enter and or submit their own OKS Hunter moments and stories. And we've been getting a whole bunch of them, which is awesome. I read through all of them and they're all really good, to be quite frank. I laugh out loud all by myself as I read them. <laughs> like they're really great stories. They're super relatable. And we are sharing them right now exclusively on our email blast, which goes out weekly. The easiest way to join our email blast is if you go to our website, okshunter.com, there's going to be a pop-up. You can enter in your email address, and that's how you're going to subscribe. If that doesn't show up for you, you can go to the bottom of the website in the footer. You can subscribe there. Additionally, if you follow us on Instagram, there's a link in our bio. You can click there. So a couple different ways or a few different ways that you can join up to get our weekly email blast. Look, we're not going to spam you a bunch of stuff. Sure, there's going to be a few things to like buy some merch. We did just drop a new t-shirt for shed season. It's a squirrel eating our logo. Haha, ha. find them before the squirrels do. Otherwise, the emails are going to include things like our, uh, what do we talk about on the podcast? So a link to the latest podcast. So they usually go out Wednesday mornings, the day after we podcast, which is Tuesday nights from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time is when we broadcast live. I produce, which is what I'm doing right now. It's almost 10 p.m. Um, then we're going to do a hunt, okay, it's hunter tip of the week. We're going to do news from around the country brought to you by eHunter. Uh, we're also doing uh, memes of the week, whichever ones were like the best performing or most liked and so forth. Uh, and then the stories that I'm talking about are also featured in there. So uh, a lot of different things go into this email. It's its own kind of piece of content. We're trying to make it just as entertaining as what you'll see on our Instagram and our Facebook and our podcast and everything else. It's its own little flavor. So I'm not necessarily trying to push it. There's really nothing in it for us necessarily. Just it's good content. And we still have yet to find a way to to kind of bake those stories into our website and find a good home for them. So that'll probably happen in the future in 2022, but just wanted to call your attention to that and see if you want to subscribe there. So you'll hear from us once a week as a follow-up from our podcast and so forth. Other things, uh, March 25th, 26th, 27th, we'll be at the uh, open season trade show. It's in the Wisconsin Dells at the Kalahari Resort. And we're booth. I think it's 200A or A200, whatever the order is there, it's 200 in the letter A. Put it first or last. I, I forget off the top of my head. Uh, Greg, as mentioned and called out last episode, is building our booth. Uh, Tyler and I are buying up a bunch of merch and inventory right now to make sure we're going to be stocked for that thing. So there's likely going to be, uh, you know, merchandise and or OK Center swag that's at that trade show that we will not have up till that point available on our website. So likely after the fact, if, if we have anything left over, you'll probably see it there, but it's going to be some pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. There's a shortage of hats right now. The Richardson 112s are just out. So we're making a pretty interesting decision on the quality of our stuff. We're going up in quality, which it seems like a lot of folks don't have that level of quality, including us, by the way. So we're not like better than anybody or anything like that, but we're upping our quality because the, the higher echelon of quality are the only manufacturers of hats that have the inventory of things like the bottom end camo and the load in, uh, you know, black and things like that. So 
we're gonna have some really good high quality uh, products at our trade show and that we're really excited to display and, and hopefully like people come by and maybe they know us or if they don't, they'll learn about us and we're gonna be podcasting there too. So if you're at the trade show, definitely stop by and say hi. I know it's like three months away, but that'll come up quick. And we'll talk about it more as we go. But that being said, I think that's all the announcements I'm going to pack into this one for now. Other than that, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We're off next week. So no podcast next week. I may or may not do a rerun or something like that. I'm not sure. But the plan is we are not in studio. Greg and Derek will not be here. I will not be down here recording. So the following Tuesday, what is the date for that? I don't even know. Um, Looks like it's going to be the 28th. No podcast. So officially i'll talk to you guys all next year happy new year merry christmas enjoy the holidays with your family be safe stay healthy all that good stuff and enjoy the moment be present and uh literally <laughs> the present is a gift that's why it's called the present so uh hopefully everyone gets good gifts and all that good stuff and you enjoy your time with your family and friends and, and all that so um till next year everybody you have a great night and let's get on to our tip of the week from anthony heller with dear vein if you don't know who dear vein is he runs a fantastic podcast that has done nothing but grow super great guests great quality information lots of tips follow him on tiktok on youtube on instagram uh dear vein's a good friend of ours he's helping us put on our our archery event in august of 2022 at hubbleton brewery so shout out to anthony thank you so much for doing that and uh yeah everybody we'll talk to you soon what's up everyone anthony heller here with dear vein and this week's tip of the week is to get your spring scouting plan or spring improvement plan, start mobilizing that information and getting that all planned out right now while the season is still fresh in your mind. Me personally, I still have another month yet uh, into late season. My Where I hunt, it ends January 31st. But even with that going on, I am still already planning where I'm going to put food plots, where I'm going to improve some bedding, where I'm going to hang new tree stands, where I'm going to have new entry and exit routes, how I'm going to manipulate the property that my piece of private ground that I'm hunting and and how I'm going to plan out all those improvements. And also, if you're going to have a consultant come out uh, to a piece of private, certainly the sooner you contact them, the better so that you're not waiting in line when you really want that to happen. And also, if you have a family, you have a wife, kids, whatever, my wife's a planner, which is forcing me to be a planner so that I can now I have a consultant coming out to my private ground um, this spring and I will. I've already put the date on the dates on the calendar. So it is set in stone and I get that weekend to go do that. Um, but also, if you're on public ground, man, you didn't have a lot of success this year. You didn't have uh, you didn't see a lot. You were pretty uh, disappointed in your um performance this fall i guess start planning new pieces of ground to cover new areas within the same ground to cover start looking at where you think you need to go or where you think to move and where you have been and where you don't want to go next year start getting all that pinned around and and all that information start putting it together so that come you know february march april you can get out there you're ready to rock and you can go find all that information and be very intentional with your time out there. We're all limited on time and being intentional with what you're doing is always a good idea. All right. Hope it helps everyone.